But thanks be to God, for he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. May the grace, mercy, and peace of God lead us to live eternally in the victory that is ours through Jesus Christ, as the battle with the devil and our sinful flesh continues each day. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, On this first Sunday in Lent, the focus is always the same, the power of evil at work in the world. The text for this week is always the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Now, while the other Gospels are much more detailed about this account, the Gospel of Mark is not. In classic Mark style, he gets straight to the action. Mark simply tells us that the Spirit drives Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. Now, why is that important? Well, during this season of Lent, we tend to focus our attention on the cross, and rightfully so. But we must also remember that if Jesus hadn't perfectly followed God's will without sin and defeated all of Satan's temptations, there'd be no cross with the power to save. God demanded a perfect sacrifice for sin. And Satan knew that truth as well. Satan knew his days were numbered. The devil heard that word that was proclaimed back in the garden, the promise that the seed of the woman would crush his head. And so every woman was a threat to Satan, for she might give birth to the promised Redeemer. In the book of Malachi, it was promised that the Lord would be preceded by a messenger who would prepare the way of the Lord. Thus, every man was a threat to the devil, for he might be the one who'd prepare the way of mankind's Savior. In our gospel text today, God the Father spoke of Jesus, saying, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And immediately, the Spirit drove Jesus, the head of Satan Crusher, into the wilderness to do battle for our souls. And just as Jesus had each of us in mind from the cross, he certainly had each and every one of us in mind out there in the wilderness. For the book of Hebrews tells us, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So as you know very well, the devil is very much still in the business of seeking to destroy and ruin lives every single day. God makes it clear that Satan is the father of all lies. He tempts, he kills, he deceives, and he wants company in the fires of hell for all eternity. The devil is always seeking to accuse, to pile on the guilt, to rub our circumstances in our faces, to convince us that our faith in God is unfounded. David paints a picture in Psalm 6 of what sin is, that, that sin is painful, that it ruins our lives. A sin is worthy of weeping over and mourning over. Our bodies are weak and weary over the effects of sin and the devil's battle against us. And so the Spirit knows who the enemy is. And he sent Jesus right out to confront him in the wilderness. Why? Well, Psalm 6 also answers it, that God seeks to save us from the wages of sin through his steadfast love, through his faithfulness to us. You know, our problem today, though, is that we don't always know Satan as an enemy that has to be battled every single day. 
We don't always give him the blame that he's due for the car accident or the earthquake or cancer or greed. Instead, Satan kind of sits back and smiles as we question, where is God or how could God let this happen? And so the devil constantly attacks us and he attacks us from both the inside and the outside. The Bible teaches that the power of evil lies inside every one of us. It's called flesh. Like Adam after the fall, sinful flesh likes to blame others for sin. We say things like, oh, it's the fault of my parents. It's the fault of my youth. It's the fault of my poverty. It's the fault of my ill health. They're to blame, not me. Sinful flesh always looks to blame somebody else. But Jesus taught that the desire to sin begins right in our own hearts, right in our own minds. And James writes, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own sinful desire. This sinful desire conceives sin, which gives birth to death. The power of evil also attacks us from the outside. That's called the world. The world is symbolic of everything around us that the devil can use to tempt us away from God. The devil takes the good and perfect gifts from God, and instead he uses them to lead us to put them first before God, to turn them into false gods. And the devil continues to prowl around, seeking someone to devour. And he looks for just the opportune time to hit you when you're most vulnerable. He knows our weaknesses. He tempts us at those vulnerable places to make us his, to lead us further away from God. What's your weak spot? We all have them. We all have those places where we're most vulnerable to evil and the power of evil finds those weak spots in us in order to mess up our lives so that we're not living as God wants us to live in him. Whereas Satan looks to bring us down with our vulnerable weak points, God seeks to lift us up. Paul writes, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We must certainly be aware of the power of evil, the work of Satan, the flesh, and the world in our daily lives. It is an everyday battle. But just as David lamented in his penitential Psalm 6, he also knew where victory was found. Victory is found in Christ. Satan is taken care of with a word. Jesus knew that God was stronger than any temptation he would encounter, and Jesus used the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, to defeat him. The words of the Bible and the Holy Spirit live inside us as we are the temple of the living God. And it gives us power to resist Satan in our daily battles. And so when you are faced with temptation, don't rely on yourself. Don't rely on your willpower. Don't rely on your good intentions. Instead, rely on the sure and certain word of God that has the power to do what it says. Win.
Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness so that when facing our own wilderness, we face it with a ministering word and spirit to guide us safely home. And God does all this for you. Sin is also taken care of with a cross. The wrath of God for every sin is taken out on Jesus upon the altar of that wooden cross. The Father who spoke at the baptism of his Son is silent on Good Friday as he forsakes his Son so that you and I would not be forsaken for even an instant. The awful price is paid by Christ and it's there that we realize the truth that the wages of sin is death. Jesus, begotten of his Father from all eternity, died. And he did this for you. But death is taken care of with a resurrection. Death has lost its sting, it's lost its power. The victory over the grave goes to God. Dust lives in our victorious Lord's hands. It's a wonderful reminder as we began this season of Lent back on Wednesday with Ash Wednesday and we had the cross of ashes placed upon our foreheads. But to remember that even though we are dust and to dust we shall return, that in God's hands dust lives for all of eternity. Christ is the first fruits from the dead and because he lives, so also those who believe in him will live forever. And again, he did all this for you. That victory took place on Easter morning. And we certainly await both that day, seven weeks from now, when we celebrate Easter, as well as that great and awesome day when we are called forth to follow Christ into heaven. And so in the meantime, we certainly do battle every day with sin, death, and the power of the devil. But as we do that, as we do that battle every day, we, we go out and we do so with the victory that's found in Jesus. And that's why today is called the Lord's Day. The monument of Christ's victory is the cross. It's on our altar that the Lord will provide. And though the daily battle that we face against temptation and our many losses are certainly discouraging and frustrating, Brothers and sisters in Christ, do not lose heart. Jesus has defeated every enemy. He has paid all of our debt. He's put Satan in his place. Jesus won the battle, but he gives his people the victor's crown. As we heard from James this morning, all good gifts come from God, but the best, the best one of all is the victor's crown of life. The victor's perfect righteousness has been given to you in the promises of your baptism. The victor's life is given to you in the body and blood of the Paschal Lamb, Jesus. The living Christ gives you his spirit and word to be a lamp, a guide, and a double-edged sword that daily gives you victory over every form of evil. But again, the greatest gift of all of them is the gift that our victorious Christ gives us in the crown of life. That crown of life that we can take into our everyday battle with the victory that is ours right now. And again, it is an everyday battle. There's a great quote from Martin Luther who said that 
Uh, if we only knew how many flaming arrows the devil had aimed at us every minute that we'd be running to the altar every chance that we got. That shows the importance of being here in God's house, receiving his gifts of word and sacrament that equip us and enable us to go out into the world and, and face the, the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. And so as we head out with those gifts given to us, every day then is the Lord's day. For we have a victory to proclaim, and we have a victory to live in for all eternity. Thanks be to God. Amen.